I invite you in body or spirit to rise for the reading of today's gospel lesson. From the third chapter of Luke's gospel, listen for the word of the Lord. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah the voice of one crying out in the wilderness says prepare the way of the Lord make his paths straight every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God together this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Expect the unexpected. That is the title for today. And at both children's moments, when Jillian flung open the top of the box, none of the children expected there to be a postcard. <laughs> we were all expecting some big gift or the little snakes that jumped out or something other than a postcard. What we expect and that which is unexpected about the season is our focus for today. It poses a philosophical question. When one expects the unexpected, doesn't that mean the unexpected becomes the expected? What do you say? I discovered a new word this week. Paraprosdokian. There's going to be a test at the end, so you'll have to spell it and pronounce it properly. Paraprostokian. It originated in the Greek language. It, it sounds like a character from, I guess, Game of Thrones, but it's, it's a sentence that begins one way, and then there's a twist, and the ending is so surprising. It translates against expectations. That's what the word means. Pop culture and and others are so famous for giving us such uh, sentences. For example, it was Rodney Dangerfield who said, when I was a kid, my parents moved a lot, but I always found them. <laughs> See? Or Milton Berle said the company accountant was shy and retiring. He's shy a quarter of a million dollars. That's why he's retiring, right? Or... He's a writer for the ages, says Dorothy Parker. Uh, that is for the ages of four to eight years old. And finally, if you watch the comic series, The Office, you may know this line. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. You gotta, I guess, watch the series. I've never seen an episode. I was quoting for my clergy team, maybe. I don't know. They love it. They love it. Paraprostokian. It's basically a punchline, much better than the one I just offered. The beginning is expected. The end is unexpected. And that's the gospel in a nutshell. That's Advent. We have an expectation and an anticipation about how things will be. If we're not careful, though, we'll miss the breaking in of, of something new. 
And so Luke's words today are that paraprosokian kind of lesson. And what I mean is, he opens with several names. I, I hope that you heard it. Emperor Tiberius, um, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, the Tetrarch, Lysanias, and then he has Annas and Caiaphas. He starts with the supreme ruler of the day and comes down to the religious rulers of the day. He sets it all up as if we are to expect something but then in verse 2 of this third chapter, Luke does something surprising. He says, the word of the Lord came to none of these people, none of the powerful or the wealthy or the in the know or the influential, not even to the district superintendents and the bishops and the popes and the religious leaders of the day, not even to them, but the word of the Lord came to John, of all people. John, Zechariah's kid, the, the preacher's kid, as it was. That's who the word of the Lord came to. And it's so, it's so radical, really, because it, you know, Zechariah's mouth was shut up for about nine months because he didn't believe that God could do the impossible. He didn't expect that his wife, Elizabeth, would be pregnant with John, but she was. Because he doubted God, God said, well, just be silent for a while and, and just watch. Just be silent and watch. The word of God came to John, the one who eats bugs and wears animal skins, and not even the nice animal skins, right? Like the ones that you, he would have made himself, the really rough and coarse animal skins. And he loves to roam around in the wilderness, John received the word of the Lord. I, I've given this a lot of thought this week, and I've wondered why God didn't just use those power structures to bring the word of the Lord about how things would go with the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God. Why didn't he just use that apparatus that was already in place? He's rubbing elbow, He could have rubbed elbows with the money and the power and the influence, he could have had the, the religious leaders like right here and worked out all the prophecies together. Why didn't, why didn't the word of the Lord come through that system that already existed? Anyone, you know, our sensibilities would say, listen closely to what the political and the religious leaders of your modern time have to say. And we do, we listen intently. But God's word, it comes through unexpected voices. It's an Advent message. God's word comes through unexpected voices in the wilderness moments of life. And so I thought about that. If that's true, who in our community is, is in a wilderness moment? And what is the word of the Lord that's coming to that person? Um, some of you know this, but each month our staff takes a field trip. We have a, what's called a go-to-know initiative. And pre-pandemic, several of us went over to Alabama State University. We met with Dr. Quentin Ross, and we said, how can we be good neighbors, better neighbors? What, what can we do together? We're right here about a block from, from you and a block from Huntington, and, and our hospitals are close by. We just want to think about how we can partner together. And, and uh, Dr. Ross gave all of us a, just a true gift. He said, you have to go to know. 
If you want to be a good neighbor, you have to go to know how to be a good neighbor. So we brought that back with us. And once a month, our staff goes and visits, goes to visit our community partners. This past week, we went to visit uh, Scott Gregory and the good folks at Habitat for Humanity out on the bypass. Now, here's the thing. Had we not broken our convention, broken our, our work day, our schedules, there was so much we had to leave behind. Copies to be made, bulletins to be proofing. It's Advent. There's a few things going on in the life of the church right now. But we had to leave it all back behind us just long enough to get out to hear what the word of the Lord was saying to those who have need. Had we not done that, we wouldn't have learned a key fact. Because what we learned is one of the houses that we have built as a congregation, it now needs some repairs. The voice, the word of the Lord has, has come from the bypass back to us to say, who will go prepare the way so that a family can have a safe home in which to live? You got to go to know. Yesterday, in the park out front at Cloverdale Park, I listened and I, I leaned in intently to the voices of those who were bringing voices from the margins and from wilderness moments of life as 30 nonprofit agencies gathered for the Gift Hope event. You've heard about it, you've seen it, you've contributed to it. Thank you. Uh, Jillian just referenced it. Um, but I heard stories about reading initiatives happening in places like Davis Elementary where grandfathers are, are reading to grandsons and they are being absolutely brought together in the most powerful way by the power of giving the gift of, for somebody to read through MGM Reads. Isn't that beautiful? I wouldn't have learned that otherwise had I not carved out time to, to be with our community partners. I also heard about agencies giving hope to children with disabilities. They might not be able to, uh, to stand or walk, but man, they can hit a mean tennis ball, so Dream Court is giving hope. It's giving hope to people. I heard about others who are protecting children, vulnerable children from adults who want to do harm. And for a moment, I thought to myself how wonderful it was that we're all here in this common ground. There's no low places, there's no high places. We're all out there just together. And, and it's almost like you could see salvation happening together with all these partners who were in one place at the same time. Because we love Montgomery and we believe in it. The gospel message for Advent says that God's ways come to us and Sometimes in, in unlikely moments and through unlikely sources, uh, certainly at, at, at unlikely times. That's the message of, of Advent. And I thought a lot about the narrative for the season. Elizabeth was too old, yet she became pregnant with John. Mary, she was too young. She was from a small town. That didn't make sense. She wasn't high like the names at the, you know, the preface of this text. She wasn't one of those. She was lowly. Joseph was a carpenter. They became the holy family. That doesn't make sense to me. And then later on, when Elizabeth and Mary draw together, what I consider the first miracle in the Bible is when two unborn children know that one another's there and, and John leaps in his mother's womb knowing that Jesus is only a few feet away. That's a powerful thing. It's unexpected. We don't anticipate that. We think about it postnatal, but not prenatal. It's the power of God that's beginning to break in to the word. So the word of the Lord came to John. It didn't come to the powerful people like we might have expected. It didn't come to those with all the fancy diplomas on the wall or the full bank accounts or this or that. It, it came to John. 
And it's interesting to me, the place where it came to John was in the wilderness, a place that doesn't really have a beginning. It doesn't really have an, an ending. No one exactly wants to go into the wilderness, but for some reason, John wanted to go into the wilderness. So I've been thinking a lot about that too. What is the wilderness for us? And I think some people find uh, him or herself in the wilderness by no choice of, of their own. I think loneliness, I think grief, I think doubt, I think loss, I think, I think recent diagnoses of cancer or recurrence of an illness or the memory of an anniversary of the loss of someone, I think, I think those fix us in a wilderness moment. Some of us need to step out of our places of, of convention and routine and step into some form of wilderness long enough so that we can hear the word of the Lord. I think it works both ways. So I don't know where you fit in, in that today, but there's something about the Advent story that calls us to either find the voice of hope and love and peace and light and a straight pathway because we've been in the wilderness too long and it's time to move forward, or it's time to get out so we can hear the voice of God calling to us in the wilderness. One of the ways we need to do that is to break away from the chaos of the season. The conventions that say you have to have every single thing spent and bought and packaged up, you know, by December 21st. Don't put that stress on yourself. You have 12 days of Christmas. It starts on December 25th. There's a hint for you. Spoiler alert. And after 12 days, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're on your own at that point. Right? We don't have to have everything bought by a certain day. We don't have to have everything sold by a certain day. Everything doesn't have to be in, in perfect working order. And I thought a lot about John's words. He says, go prepare a way. I don't think John knew exactly what, what goes into preparing for this season. Do you? Like we're trying to straighten up and get everything right and get garlanded up and wreaths hung and bows just tidied up for, for guests who are coming. And then when the guests get there, it just, it's all just kind of undone in the best possible way, praise the Lord. But it's all just kind of undone at that point. And it's back messy again. I thought about that with Advent. We prepare and we fix and we get ready. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes and undoes it all anyway. But how are we in our wilderness moments posturing ourselves to hear a word of hope that the darkness will not last, but then placing ourselves when need be outside the chaos, outside the routine, long enough to hear the voices of those crying from their own wilderness, from the own, their own margins? Because I'm going to tell you something. What's true of John preparing the way on this second Sunday of Advent pales to what Jesus is going to do. How he will come down to this earth. The kingdom of God will come down. We get a slice of that here in just a minute. You're going to come forward and, and it may seem like you're going to present your hands and be given a little bit of bread and dip it in some juice. And we're going to say some words. But what we believe about the sacrament of Holy Communion is in the real presence of Christ. That wrapped up that wrapped up in these linens are the body of Christ. And we think about the manger scene with Jesus being wrapped in bands of, of cloth. And we, we think about the way that when he came down into heaven in the most unexpected way, not as one of the rulers, not as one of the priests, but as a child. As an infant. 
as one who is so vulnerable and needs caring for, but so beautiful and innocent and so loving. A child will change this world. And he did. How now are we preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ anew? That's where we turn our focus now, my friends. As we remember John quoting Isaiah, prepare the way, valleys will be filled up. That's the holes in your life. They will be filled up, and mountains, high places will be brought down. And the crooked places, they're hard to navigate in life. You can't find your way left or right, and there's too many boulders and obstacles in the way. All of that's going to be moved. The crooked places will be made straight, and all people will see salvation together. I hope you're ready. Prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, prepare your lives as we come forward now to celebrate the sacrament of communion. Amen.